listening to Story City Church in Granada Hills, California. We exist to glorify God by leading communities into healthy relationships with Jesus and with others. And here is this week's message. All right, we're going to read some scripture together. If you have your Bibles or your phones, um, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It'll also be on the screen behind me. Um, Out of respect for the scripture and for God, would you stand with me as we read? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 14 through 20. When I finish, I'll say this is the word of the Lord, and you can respond with thanks be to God. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each of the parts of the body, each one of the parts of the body, just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks for the animation there, Josh. I appreciate that. Got me in it. I was like, yes. You can tell he's in the industry. Yes, he is. Good morning, y'all. How are you guys doing this morning? Yeah. Danny, man, you bring it. I love it. Bring it. My name is Samir. If I had a chance to meet you, I'd love to get to meet you uh, soon. I'm one of the pastors here at Story City Church, Granada Hills. We say Granada Hills because we have two locations. We have a Burbank location, and we have the Granada Hills location, which here at this location, we officially launched in September of this last year. So we have been just on the move. Like God has been moving, and we've been excited to be on for the ride since September. We started our core phase since March and of last year and launched in September, and God has just been moving. So we're a little over a year of, of officially being in the community. Uh, some of you might have seen our sign for many years and wondering where the heck are they? Um, well, we're here now, so God is moving, and we're excited about it. Um, we, we, what, we, what we love to say at Story City is that um, your story is welcome here. Um, every single person's story is welcome here because God's story is present with us and he is in charge of all of our stories because he created and, and is with us um, and we're just excited that you're here and, um, and the move that he's doing that in every single one of your stories illuminates the story of God. And that's the beauty of the diversity that we all get to come together. And every single different background, every single different type of story, uh, when it comes together, it all highlights the goodness of God. And we love that. Uh, we've been in the series in 1 Corinthians, and 1 Corinthians has been a lot of fun because we're talking about this church in Corinth that is in in array, like it's going crazy, right? It's just going nuts. They're doing things that are not healthy because they have um, a background that isn't Christian. They have a background that isn't really aligned in scripture, um, but they all of a sudden had an encounter with God. They had an encounter with the holy God and the spirit of God is moving amongst them and they're just moving in emotion, they're moving in action and they're just trying to figure out as they go. And Paul is writing to them saying, hey, calm down here, 
this is not healthy, this is not good. Actually, this was cool, but that wasn't really healthy, and he's kind of writing this letter to them to help them in alignment with who God is and, and who they are and how they should live. And so in the same heart, we're coming together in alignment and aligning our hearts with God's and trying to figure out, God, how are we called to live? How are we called to be in this culture, in this community? Um, the funny thing is, is a lot of the times we think about the Bible as this ancient text, as this text that's very, very old and it doesn't relate to us at all, which in lots of ways, there is some of that. But if I were to ask you, um, if, if, if you had decided to go to and move to another country for the rest of your life, let's say next week, what was the, what's the first thing you would want to do, let's say somewhere in Africa? I'm not asking rhetorically. What would you want to do? Huh? Like, what, what's, your, what's your instinct? Like, I need to figure things out. What would you want to go do? Probably research, right? I need to research this country. I need to learn about this country. I need to know what to expect, right? Um, there's a context that you're going into that you're not used to. And so it would be foolish to just show up and think that you're going to make it. Right? In lots of ways, when we go into the scriptures, when we don't understand the context, when we don't understand what's happening amongst the stories of the Bible, and we just go and we open it, and we're like, all right, I'm going to just start right here, and start reading, we're just like, we're lost. Right? It's confusing. Um, and so the context of that is important when we go into this book of Corinthians and knowing kind of the context I just shared is so important when we go into the Bible, when we go into scripture. So today is fun because we're going into a section in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where the spiritual gifts are in play in this church and it's kind of it's going haywire and, and Paul is writing to them here. Um, and so I'm excited about it because it's a controversial topic um, and I love that because we don't try to skip scripture, we don't skip past Passages. We're like, hey, we're going to go in it, and we're going to trust the Lord as he teaches us together. So before I jump in, let me pray for us, um, and we'll jump in. Jesus, we thank you that we get to be together and uh, exalting you and, and, and remembering who you are and reading your scriptures and um, desiring to know you deeper. God, as we dive into spiritual gifts and what they mean and, and, and who they're from and what they're for, God, we pray that you give us wisdom, that you give us guidance, that you give empower us by your spirit so that we can know you more. Lord, we love you. Will you uh, make yourself known, make yourself highlighted, make yourself exalted, and make me less, Lord. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you do have your Bible or your phone, if you can go to chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians with me, uh, it's also going to be on the board if you don't have that, that's totally cool. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to kind of go through the entire thing. Uh, Josh did an awesome job of highlighting a little of the central point of it, um, but I want to read the beginning because he kind of goes into what that is. So the first three verses of chapter 12 say this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaks by the Spirit of God, says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So again, we see kind of a little bit of the context of the church here. Their background is pagan worship, and so when the Spirit of God came, they were 
enthralled by what God was doing, right? And so he's kind of giving them the description, like it's a little different here, right? Jesus is highlighted here. And so we're diving into one of the most controversial topics in the church, spiritual gifts. The Corinthians, they're confused. They're misusing these gifts. They're misusing them. They're harming people with these gifts. Um, And Paul is writing them and how they should practice these gifts well and what they should look like and how healthy they should be and and what they should... um, be formulating in. And so there's a couple different perspectives when it comes to spiritual gifts today. Um, I don't know if you know these terminologies, but I'll describe them a little bit. There's the theology or belief uh, called cessationists. Um, those cessationists believe that the spiritual gifts that we're reading of here have ceased when the acts, when the, I'm sorry, when the, um, the apostles passed away. So when the apostles passed away, they say that the spiritual gifts, these miraculous gifts, have ceased. They stopped. And then there's the continuationists who believe that, no, they didn't cease. They continued on with the church. And they're actually for the function of the church so that God can be highlighted. And then there's the, really the reality is, is the practice now of these spiritual gifts. Because there's the belief theologically and mentally, but then what does it look like to practice them? And what is that like? And so I don't know where you stand. I don't know what background you might have. Um, But I'm sure it's different, it's diverse, and that's good, and that's a beautiful thing. So first off, I wanna share this word gift that Paul uses. It's a Greek word for, uh, called charismata. You might have heard that, or the word charismatic, or the word charisma. It actually just means a gift of grace. It means grace, a free gift, an extraordinary operations of the spirit in the church, but including all spiritual graces and endowments. So like everything that is gifted from God is a charismata, is a gift. So I think a lot of the times when we hear the original word, it kind of disarms kind of the, maybe the, the words that we use and maybe the experiences we've had in the past when we hear the word charismatic or, or, or you know what I'm saying? So some of us have had bad experiences in this world. Some of us had no experience when it comes to spiritual gifts. So that's the beauty of what we're going into today. So we all have different experiences and views of spiritual gifts. Some of us here today maybe have experienced an abusive experience of spiritual gifts. Kind of maybe even similar to what's happening in the Corinthian church, where it was harmful, where it was hurtful, where it was boasting of the person, where it was highlighting the person, where it was exalting people. And some of us maybe have had almost an absent experience of these gifts, where you grew up in a church where it was Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures. Holy Spirit was a little absent. We didn't know what that meant, what the gifts meant, or we never really talked about it. And see, so for me, I actually had experiences on both both ends of the spectrum, um, which I'm grateful for because... In lots of ways, I've, I've learned what it looks like in the centrality of scripture and the centrality of the gospel and what does that mean for us today and now. So I'm excited to dive into this with you guys. So I want to journey into God's word together in chapter 12 uh, so that we can view, we can experience, and we can practice these spiritual gifts in the church. What does it look like? How should we walk in it? What is Paul trying to say? What does this mean for us now and today? And so the big idea for us this morning is that God assembles his church with power in unity, through diversity, and for his glory. 
God assembles his church with power, and that power is his spiritual power, the Holy Spirit, but in unity, through diversity, for his glory. So, so important. So these are the three parts that assemble together to create a healthy perspective of spiritual gifts in the body of Christ. What does that look like? These three parts are in unity, through diversity, for his glory. So let's dive into the first one. In unity, in unity. Let's go chapter, I'm sorry, verse 12 and 13. Paul talks about that, the unity aspect. Verses 12 and 13 say this, for just as the body is one and has many parts and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by the one spirit onto one body whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. You see, this is the same spirit, one spirit that we're all indwelled with. All believers are indwelled with this one spirit. I think we can get confused or maybe have been taught that those that have these miraculous, amazing gifts have a different spirit than me or have more of the spirit than I do as a regular believer who has these normative, normative gifts. I just wanna tell you that that's just false. That's just not true. There's one spirit and the Holy Spirit indwells in all believers. Those who profess Jesus as Lord, we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit and he's among you and he's in you and he's working through you. There isn't a greater spirit or more of the spirit when it comes to levels. Maybe there is a, a more in, in, in nearness to the spirit of God, but there isn't a, a level of spirit that he pours out. Same spirit dwells in all believers. Same spirit. This empowerment, spirit-filling charisma, charismata, is given for all of us. No matter your background, no matter your role, no matter your gifting, we are all one in spirit. That's so important. That's, the, that's where Paul really starts it off, right? We're in unity. We're all in one in spirit. Don't get it twisted. Don't start highlighting people because maybe they have a different gift than you. We're all one. So, so important. And then he goes into this many parts and one body passage that Josh wrote, uh, read for us. I'm going to read it real quick. He says, indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not going to do it as good as Josh, I'm sorry. I don't belong to the body. If it is, I'm sorry, it is not for the reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. See, I was so tempted to go into a football analogy here. But I'm going to save you guys because I do that a lot and I apologize for that. I think Paul's analogy here is, is suffice. It could suffice, right? The idea of our body. Imagine, right? Like if our foot would say to our hand, like, yo, I don't need you. Like how am I going to get from one place 
to the other. I mean, there's ways, but it's not as efficient, right? Or if, if my mouth would say to my ear, yo, I don't need you, it's gonna be difficult to hear and speak in unison. There is, there is this reality that of unity in the body is essential for thriving. And if you can envision any form of team or any form of family, we all have a part to play. We all have a part to play. There's a unity involved in all of that. And it's beautiful and it's meant to be thriving in when we're all in unity. Every part of our body need one another to be thriving, to have a thriving body. In the same way, we need one another in unity to thrive, to thrive as God's people. See, no matter the gifting, no matter how diverse it is, no matter where God has placed you in light of the body, it is essential for who you are and what God has gifted you with. Which leads me to my second part of assembling that's essential, that's through diversity. Through diversity. Unity, then diversity. What does that mean? Paul goes into it, verse 21 through 26. I find it easier to read through the Bible itself, so I'm gonna do that. Verse 21. All right, though I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable, or or another word, they're immovable, they're, they're essential. I don't know about you, but I didn't realize how important the big toe was. You would think it's so small, but man, that's an important part of your body. That just came to mind. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. Verse 23, and those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor, and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there would be no division in the body, that, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. There is a diversity and a need. This is the reality in the body of Christ. Diversity is greater than hierarchy in the body of Christ. Diversity is greater than hierarchy in the body of Christ, meaning that there is no one gift that's better than the other. There is no one person that's greater than the other, that's more important than the other. We're all indispensable, we're all essential, we're all vital to the body of Christ. It's not a competition or a comparison game. It's a complementing. We complement one another. We need one another. I can't have 35 quarterbacks on my team. I'm sorry. Sorry, I had to do it. All right. (laughs) Two major struggles that we deal with in this idea of spiritual gifts in the body of Christ is we see a lot of this. We see a lot of pride or we see a lot of shame. What do I mean by that? There is this pride that that we think too highly of ourselves because God's given me this cool gift. Right, like I'm, I'm better than. I should be highlighted. This, this skewed perspective that actually causes destruction in the body of Christ. 
Or on the other side of that is shame, where we think too lowly of ourselves. We think that we're not usable. We're not needed. We're not important. If I show up or if I don't show up, it doesn't matter. Both perspectives are just as harmful in the body of Christ. The reality is, is that we need one another. Every single part of the body is essential for the excelling and for the glory of God in the midst of us. The truth is we all have different yet equally valuable gifts. We all have different but yet equally valuable gifts that are used together in the body of Christ. These are some of the gifts that he lists off. And so when we see lists of gifts in the Bible, there's several different areas where there's lists of gifts. It doesn't mean that's an exhaustive list. It doesn't mean that's the only amount of gifts that there are in the body of Christ. We don't know the total amount of gifts, but God can do whatever he wants, right? So just as I'm reading these gifts, it doesn't mean these are the only gifts that are available. Some of you might experience others as well. Verses 4 through 11. Now, there are different gifts, but the same spirit, right? We talked about unity. It's all one spirit, but there are different gifts. Verse 5. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the spirit is given to each person for the common good. I love that. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to one, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active and in all these distributing to each person as he wills. Spiritual gifts are not special privileges or favors that God gives only to elders, pastors, or those that go to seminary. You hear that? This is what Paul is saying here in our context. Spiritual gifts are not special privileges for those that are elders or pastors or went to seminary. They are for all believers. Spiritual gifts are given to all those who believe, not for the special or or the ones allotted to lead in this capacity, no. Paul is saying these gifts are for all the body of Christ and to work in unity and in oneness. I don't know if you've been around much, but we've seen this happen amongst our people, these different spiritual gifts amongst our people. I've seen this couple serve in the gift of service. The people that are gifted with the gift of service, first and foremost, they hate to be recognized. They hate to be put on the spotlight. And so right away you'll know those that are gifted in that way because they want to do everything. They want to serve in any capacity that they can, but don't highlight them. The wonks. (laughs) Francis and Len just do an amazing job with that. We love you guys so much. Gift of discernment. We see Brendan who leads us in worship, right? And he's recognizing the the heart of God's people. And he's recognizing the need for us to draw near and the need maybe to pause and the need. Like there's there's a discerning reality that he's walking in as he's leading us in worship where he wants us to meet Jesus in the moment and in the presence that we're in. That's a gift that empowers all of us that we need, right, as we're being led. 
our gift of encouragement. I don't know if you've been encouraged by Jonathan Solace before, but I need his encouragement. It's a gift. It's a spiritual gift. I'm telling you. When I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling out, like I need his, just his, his charisma in that moment, right, of encouragement. I suck at administration. I don't know about y'all, but the Jedekis are one of the best I know in that. And so walking with them and, 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 and seeing their gift highlighted is just so good for me and for the entire body of Christ. It's such a joy to see that. Gift of wisdom and knowledge was just like, and drenches it, right? Like being around him is so amazing. And the gift of faith, the sandwiches, for them to travel from Georgia and say, I think God's calling us to LA and not know what that really looks like. They walked in faith and just said, all right, we're going. I'm so grateful that God has given them the gift of faith so that we can know them and that we can be blessed by what God's done through them. There is a beauty in the gifts of the Spirit amongst God's people that we all need. Guys, I can go on and on, and I'm sorry, if, if you are offended that I didn't say your gift, please don't be. It's not a competition. It was just an example like, oh, this is amongst us. This is amongst us. This is us. This is not just something we're reading in the ancient text, that we need these gifts amongst us to be empowered by God to lead and to love. Our diversity in our gifts, our personality, our talents serve one another in such powerful ways that sometimes we don't recognize on the daily. We serve one another through these gifts, but the point of doing that is that it always points back to Jesus, always points back to the beauties and the goodness of God, which is the third part of what it means to be aligned in this gift of the Spirit is that it is for His glory. These spiritual gifts are empowered to us for the glory of God and God alone. Only His glory is on display. We experience His glory by His power, by His purpose, and by His presence amongst us through the gifts. Right, we see in verse 11 and 18, we read it, it says, one and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as I will, as he wills, right? He is the distributor of these gifts. But as it is, God has arranged each one, the parts in the body, just as he wanted. These gifts were departed and given by the way of God's sovereignty. It's his will, his desire for a purpose, for an intention. It's not on us to try to muster up a gift for the sake of being put on a pulpit or put on display or be highlighted or exalted because it's ultimately all for his glory. So if we're saying, God, what you've given me is not good enough for what I want, then we're actually saying, God, you suck at your job. God knows what he's doing. Right, his empowerment in us is essential to recognize that it's his choice and how he desires to empower us is on him. Now we can dig in and be like, Lord, I don't know where my gift is or I need to understand it more or will you empower me with more because I want to serve the body of Christ and I want to bring you glory more in my life and then that's, that's a whole other thing because we're digging into the Lord and saying, God, I need to know where I'm at. 
I need to serve. I want to be a part of this because it's for the love and the good of others and it's for your glory. His power. It's from him and it's for him. See, this is why I like to look at it. It's from the Father by way of Jesus, the Son, because he made a way for it to be possible by dying on the cross for us, through the Spirit. There is a triune empowerment happening in the midst of being empowered by the gifts of the Spirit. The Father gave it. Jesus made a way for it to be available. And the Spirit of God empowers us in the midst of the gift to go and to be his people, his children. We are empowered by the fullness of who God is. This is the truth, family. We are incapable of seeing life change in our community in our own power. It's not possible. We can try our best. We can muster up all we want because the reality is in this church, just this church, think about it. This is not just the entire body or the, uh, the whole city, the whole valley. In this church alone, man, there is spiritual and physical hurting right now. There's marriages that are hurting, that are in need. There's parenting that is almost in a place of hardship and suffering. It's hard. Parenting is hard. There's a financial need somewhere. There's mental health struggles. There's, there's different scenarios where there's desperation and need. And the reality is, is we can't make it happen in our own strength. We can't help in our own strength. What we can do is we can be available to what God wants to do in the lives of these people and say, God, will you empower me to bless this person, to help this person, and to see life transformation happen, but I cannot do it on my own. I need your empowerment, Lord. I need to know how to love, how to be empowered, how to give, how to be generous, how to be merciful, because the reality is in my sin nature, I don't want to do those things. I just want to chill. I just want to watch the game, right? I mean, I'm, I get it. We need the power of God for God to move amongst us, for God to transform hearts, for God to shape us to be more like his son, Jesus. And he does that through his gifts. That's why he empowers us by his spirit. We are desperate for the power of God to provide us with gifts of mercy, with gifts of wisdom, with gifts of knowledge, with gifts of faith, with gifts of healing, service, generosity, prophecy, encouragement, for any of us to have hope for healing, for any of us to have hope for flourishing and wholeness, we need the empowerment of the Spirit for that to be possible. It's for His purpose. This is His purpose. Like, why does He empower us? This is His purpose. The empowerment of the Spirit, which is his gifts, are to encourage and empower his people to ultimately bring him glory. The only way we can be encouraged and empowered is by the empowerment and gifts of the Spirit. Right, verse 7, we read it. It said, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. It is for the good of all. It is for the good of all. I don't know if you've experienced it. I mean, I know you've experienced it. I don't know if you've noticed it. But even today, as you've come to church this morning, when you came in, you experienced the gift of service. The first impressions team said hello, made you feel welcomed. 
The worship team helped lead you to the feet of Jesus. The production team made sure that all the things were in place so that you're not distracted, so that you can be focused in, that you can be enlightened by the Spirit of God. The kids team now, right, has the kids and they're teaching the children so that you can emphasize what God is teaching you and they can be emphasized by what God is teaching them. The hospitality and the coffee, I don't know about you, but I can't make it in the morning without my cup of coffee. All of these gifts of service are sometimes overlooked. But people were here 7.30, 8.30 in the morning just to make sure all of that happened for you. There's these gifts of service that, that we forget about or are unseen or, or, or are not noticed because what we might say is these aren't miraculous gifts. They're not miraculous. They're whatever. They're, they're, just, they're just willing to serve. But this is a false dichotomy. This idea of being empowered by the Spirit of God to serve isn't miraculous. That's just not biblical. Because every gift that is empowered by the Spirit of God is a miraculous move of God. It's miraculous. God is working through us. We cannot serve and give of ourselves of our own strength and think that we can do this on a weekly basis or that we can do this selflessly without the empowerment of God. Because the reality is that we are selfish. We want to do what we feel like doing and when we feel like doing it. That's what our natural inclination is. Period. Right? We, don't, we don't naturally think like, oh, I just feel like serving on my own power every single week. We need, the, we need God's empowerment to, to show us and to empower us and to encourage us to want and desire to serve. And I'm not just meaning this is an example. I'm not saying just do that on Sundays. I'm talking about in general. When we serve one another, when we serve our wives or our husbands, when we love our kids, when we serve and be empowered in these ways for good and for the glory of God, they are miraculous in and of themselves because naturally we don't want to do them. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. He says, just as each one has been given a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as he would speak God's word. If anyone serves, let, him be, let it be from the strength God provides. He's essentially saying the empowerment that you're given is by the strength that God provides, period. It's not by your strength. This is the truth. If it isn't encouraging and empowering for life transformation and drawing us near to Jesus, then it's not from him. Because we can, we can be talented or we can be good at things, but it doesn't mean that we're being empowered by the gifts of the Spirit. The difference is, is when we're empowered by the gifts of the Spirit, it's for the greater common good. It's for the person that you're serving, and you're doing it with that intention, and it ultimately brings God glory. That's when we know God is moving through us. It is for the glory of God and for the common good of his people. I just want to encourage us, let us pray for more of his empowerment and supernatural gifts. We need God's power. We need him so bad. And third, his presence brings him glory. In verse 31, at the end of this chapter, he says, but desire the greater gifts and I will show you a better way. This is a desire that we are called to emphasize. Desire these gifts. Want them. And ask and pray for them. 
But more, this is the truth, the more we embrace and practice these gifts of empowerment through the Spirit, the more we can have a greater glimpse of who God truly is. What do I mean by that? Every single one of us were made in the image of God, right? We understand that? God made us in his image, but the reality is, is that in his image, we can see God for who he is at a certain point because sin kind of gets in the way of it. But imagine when God's people are empowered by the Spirit of God and all serve one another by the ways that God has called us to serve one another through his gifts, how much greater that we can actually see God more clearly by all of those that are serving one another and bringing God glory and seeing him for who he truly is. He is so big, he is so vast that we cannot get him or understand him on our own. He has empowered God's people to see him more clearly through the empowerment of his spirit. His presence is amongst us when we walk in this truth. This is powerful. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't seen all of who God is. But I desire to. Yes, one day when he takes me to heaven or when he returns and, and, and comes and restores all things back to himself, we will see him in his fullness. But here today, we can see him more great, more greatly, more clearly by the empowerment of his spirit through God's people. That's the purpose, for his presence to be amongst us so that he can be glorified. He's so big that I desire that so much. I don't know if you remember this cartoon. Um, if I reference it, if you don't, it's not going to fit, but I'm going to reference it either way. Uh, Captain Planet, you guys remember that show? Right? Like with their powers combined, the only way it was possible to see Captain Planet was if they were able to put their powers together. Not that these are our powers, but it's just a glimpse of an example, right? Without all of our gifts that are working together in unity and serving God in unity, we are going to see the beauty and clearness of God by the way we empower one another through his spirit. He is present with us. He is present with us when we love one another well by serving each other through the gifts that he's empowered us with. So how do we do this practically as we close out? What does that mean practically? You're like, oh, that sounds great. I believe it. I want to live in that. I want to walk in that. I believe that mentally in my head. But what does that look like for me now and today? First thing we want us to do is be open. Be open to the empowerment of, your, of the Spirit of God. What do I mean by that? That means don't be afraid because of past experiences. I've been there. I've seen people abuse these gifts in ways to bring themselves glory, in ways to manipulate, in ways to, to get what they want. But those aren't the ways of the Lord. The ways of the Lord desires God's people to be empowered by his gifts for the goodness of others and for the glory of his son, period. And if we're saying that we're afraid of that, then I pray that we would grow in more likeness of him and say, God, actually, I desire these gifts so that you can be glorified. So let's be open. Allow the Lord to lead you and overflow through you and to pray like, God, help me. Okay, so I got to share this story. Hopefully I'm not going too over. It was like a month ago. I read ahead. I wasn't preaching that week. I read ahead in this passage. I'm like, I'm excited to preach this. Um, and I read through this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go to, before I go to bed, I'm going to just ask the Lord, God, I want more of your gifts. Give me more of what you can instill in me, empower me with so I can bless others for your glory. 
it was kind of like an in-passing prayer before bed. I prayed it. I went to bed. I'm not a person that has dreams, but I had a dream that night. All right, so I hope I don't freak you guys out too much, but I kind of hope I do, uh, because it's his spirit, right? It's like, this is what he did. I, I didn't do it. I have this dream, and it was pretty vivid, and I don't usually have dreams, and it was this guy um, that um, I didn't notice at the beginning, in the, in, in, but he was, he was just um, serving in his church, um, and he was caring for the kids in the church, the youth group, and I just sensed in my heart, like in the, in the dream, like that God was so pleased with him. And I just had this sense of like, man, he's so pleased with this man, with this young guy. And I was like, wow, okay, that's powerful. But it was vivid, it was so small and short. And I wake up and I remember it like very clearly. I'm like, that is weird. And I remember what the guy looked like and everything. And then I go to the gym that morning and guess what? He was right there while I was working out. The guy that I had a dream of. And I was like, what? All right, this is, this is weird. Um, first off, he had to be a Christian. He had to be serving in this church. And I actually recommend the, the, the church was Shepherd Church in the dream. And, and he had to work with kids. And, and he had to be like near to Jesus to know that God was pleased with him. So I was like, oh, I don't know. This is risky. I'm not going to. So I, when I saw him, I was like, I can't do this. So I, I just didn't do it, right? I was like, I'm not going to do it. Three weeks go by, I see him again, and God's like, hey, here's another shot. Just share with him. I love this guy. I want him to know that I'm pleased with him. And I was like, man, this is tough. So I'm like, all right, God, if it's you, like, make it easy for me to be able to do it. <laughs> Find every way and every excuse, right, to get away from it. And then I was walking, I was done with my workout, I'm walking out, and literally he's standing right in front of me as I'm walking out, he finished his workout, he's just sitting there. And I'm walking right by and I'm like, he looks at me, I'm like, oh my goodness. Gosh, Lord, okay, fine. I'm like, oh, hey man, what's up, dude? Sorry, this might be weird, um, but do you happen to go to Shepherd Church? He's like, yeah, dude, yeah, man, I go to Shepherd, yes and that. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, this might be weird, I'll never do this before, but I had a dream and I saw you working with kids and God was just so pleased with you. And he just like, he stands up. He was like, oh my gosh, I needed to hear this. Thank you. And he just gave me a big hug. I've never met this guy before. Like, I've never seen him before. He's like, yeah, dude, I work with kids. He told me, I work with the youth. And, and, and then I was, and I knew someone that worked with the youth. I was like, do you know Jeff? He's like, yeah, Jeff was the one that, that kind of mentored me. And now I'm actually doing his job. Like, I'm mentoring others. And, and it's so great to hear that from you uh, because I needed that. I needed to know that God was pleased with me. I was just like in awe. I was like, I've never, that's never happened to me before. Um, and it was a simple prayer. Like, God, I desire to encourage your people for your glory. God was glorified. This young man felt encouraged and felt like, man, God is actually pleased. I can continue on in faith knowing that I can serve these kids with joy and share Jesus with them in a way that will empower them to be near to him. And now where that lines up in when it comes to the spiritual gifts, is it prophecy, is it knowledge, is it dream? We'll work that out together, right? Like God did it, right? I don't know exactly, but it was powerful. And so I ask us as God's children here in this church, like let's be open to the work of God. Let's be open. Second one, let's be biblical, right? How do we practically walk in this? Let's be open, let's be biblical. Align everything when it comes to God moving. As I was walking through this dream, I was like, okay, this is God. He would, yeah, he would encourage, like, his children. He, like, you know, I was biblically looking at it, and I was like, this is something God would do. Is it aligned with God and his will? Is it bringing God glory and his word glory, and it's not bringing me glory? That's when I know I'm aligned with scripture and aligned with God's word. So let's be open. Let's be biblical. And third, let's be loving in the way that we walk in these gifts. 
Looking ahead to next week is the love chapter, chapter 13. A lot of us read that passage in marriage, in the wedding day, right? But it's actually talking about spiritual gifts. He's like, do these things, but do them in ways that bring love at the forefront. Love is greater than all these gifts put together because if we're not doing it in love, it is meaningless. That's what we hear a little bit more clearly up to next week. God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing and love is above all of those things when it comes to the gifts. I want to be a church that desires to be the church that Paul was desiring the Corinthian church to be. Right? He was writing this because he's like, I desire for this church to be this way. I desire for us to be this way. I desire for us to be empowered by God's spirit so that we can see each other encouraged and Jesus glorified. I love, if you ever want to learn more or like, hey, I, this is a lot. This is a big um, Pandora's box that you've opened for me. Beautiful. I, I want to encourage you, if you want to go to a resource, uh, theologian, pastor named Sam Storms, I would encourage you to read his stuff. Anything about spiritual gifts, he's great. And I want to close this with what he says about what he desires for the local church to look like. And I'm in alignment. I think Paul's in alignment. I think God's in alignment with what that looks like. And that's what I'm going to close with. He says this in his book, Practicing the Power. Welcoming the Gifts of the Holy Spirit in Your Life by Sam Storms. This is what he says in light of what we desire to see in our church. And it will close. He says, what am I talking about? I'm talking about a local church in the 21st century that is committed to the centrality and foundational authority of the Bible and to the effect Christ-exalting operation of all spiritual gifts. I'm talking about a congregation of born-again followers of Jesus who are gospel-centered, who maintain a high view of the sovereignty of God in salvation, and who are intolerant of manipulative excess and self-serving fanaticism, yet who are also delighting in speaking in tongues, in praying for the sick, in prophesying to the edification and encouragement and consolation of other believers. I'm talking about individual Christian men and women who are intelligently exhilarating by, exhilarated by the complex biblical truths, yet unafraid to give public expression to deep emotion, delight, and heartfelt affection for Jesus. I'm talking about theologically sophisticated followers of Christ who are also open and hungry for the present tense voice of the Spirit while always subject to the, found, to the functional and final authority of the written text in Scripture. This is the type of church I desire for us to be. And I hope maybe if you're still not there yet, would in prayer, in reading God's word, in alignment, and asking questions and walking with us, that you would desire the same. I want to lead us into a time of response. Um, we're going to respond in this truth. I want to give you time to pray for these gifts to be real to you. That the Lord will lead you to be open to be biblical and to be loving in your desires of these spiritual gifts, to be empowered so that the greater good of God's people and that many that don't know Jesus will know him by the gifts that God gives us and that God will be glorified through them. Let me pray for us and then we're gonna go into our time of communion and prayer and worship. Jesus, we thank you that you are highlighted and exalted through these gifts, that these gifts are made for your glory, these gifts are for your intention and for our betterment. So God, as we 
go into a time of communion, into a time of prayer, into a time of deep resting and pausing in you. We ask you, God, to engage us as we engage you. You are here now in our present today. May we put all distractions in our minds and our hearts aside and say, God, will you speak to me right now? God, will you show me a way? God, will you empower me? God, will you help me see communion for what it is so that I can be indwelled with your spirit and so I can know you greater? God, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your empowerment, that you don't just leave us hanging and that you leave us in a way to just go figure out ourselves, but you actually want to be a big part and you're empowering us so that we can walk in your spirit so that we're not left hanging. We thank you for that, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you'd like to join us in person, our services are Sundays at 10 a.m. and we're located at 11011 Havenhurst Avenue in Granada Hills. Find us on Instagram at StoryCityGH or online at StoryCityChurch.com. Go and be the church.